0: Those voices that have been a part of that. So, this morning, he's no stranger to you, but I want to introduce to you Brother Pat Patterson as he comes and brings the Word of God this morning. Thank you, David, for that awesome greeting. Give honor to God, my Lord and Savior. Give honor to my pastor for the opportunity to stand before you this morning. And, look, can we just give God some praise for just a moment? I, I, I just feel like we need to send a prayer up into the atmosphere. You know, my favorite scripture is Psalms 34. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise it shall continually be in my mouth, and my soul, it makes it boast in the Lord. And then he says, The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And and this is where we all join in. It says, and come magnify the Lord with me. Let us, let us exalt his name together. Oh, hallelujah. God, we give you praise right now. We thank you for the opportunity to share this gospel, God. We give you all the honor, the glory. We ask you now that your word will go out and not return back void, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, oh God, for your anointing to flow in the building, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now give me a voice to speak when you have told me to speak. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all take your seats for a moment. This morning I'm going to be Speaking to you from the book of Matthew, the 22nd chapter, we're reading from verse number one, 22nd chapter of Matthew, verse number one, would you stand for the reading of God's word? Glory to God. I'll be reading to you from the Living Bible and may read a little different from what you have. Uh, Let's start at verse 1. Jesus told several other stories to show what the kingdom of heaven is like. For instance, he said, it can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding dinner for his sons. Many guests were invited, and when the banquet was ready, he sent messengers to notify everyone that it was time to come. But all refused. So he sent other servants to tell them everything is ready and the roast is in the oven. Hurry! But the guests he had invited merely laughed and went on about their business, one to his farm, another to his store. Others beat up his messengers and treated them shamefully, even killing some of them. Then the Angry king sent out his army and destroyed the murderers and burned their city. And he said to his servants, the wedding is ready and the guests I've invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants did and brought in all they could find, good and bad alike. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the wedding robe provided. Friend, he asked, how does it happen that you are here without a wedding robe? And the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind him hand and foot and throw him into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And verse 14 says, and many are called, glory to God, but few are chosen. If I was going to tag this text this morning, I, I would just take it right from that 14th verse with this question. Are you chosen? Look at your neighbor and ask your neighbor, are you chosen? Take your seats, please. In this text, is interesting to me was uh, who is the audience, and so I need to take a little time to transition into the text. If you guys will allow me to do that this morning, uh, back in chapter twenty one, before we even get to twenty two, uh, it was saying Jesus told several other stories. Clearly, if he told several others, that was a past tense. He was telling, now we're moving into where he had explained some things to the chief priests and the leaders. And that's who he was bringing this message to. He was trying to get the chief priests and the leaders to understand what the kingdom was about. In chapter 21... It's amazing to me that when Jesus was uh, in the temple, y'all know the story, he went off in the temple. I just like to put it like that. He went off in the temple. He threw everybody out that was buying and selling. He turned over the tables of the money changers, and then he overturned the chairs of those that were selling doves. Now, I'm just wondering, were they in the chairs or out the chairs? He turned over their chairs. That's what the Bible says. I, I, you know, that's what the word said. Now, 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 after he went off, he, he, he explained to me, he said, listen, you have made, this is a house of prayer, and you have made it a den of thieves. But that's the religious leaders. So they come to him the day after that. They come to him, by what authority are you doing this stuff? So Jesus said, okay, I love this. Jesus is so cool. I love him. He said, look, okay, I'm telling you something. You answer my question, and I'll answer your question. And so they said, okay, all right, that's all right, G. Okay, what you got, Jesus, what you got? So Jesus said, all right, the baptism of John, was it of man or was it of God? So they huddled together, got in their little corner, started talking about discussing it. So, well, you know what, if we say it's of God, he's going to say, well, how come you didn't believe him? We can't do that. Okay, well, if we say it's of man, then the people are going to get mad because they count John as a mighty prophet. So they, they said, man, man, what, what are we going to do? So they went back to Jesus They said, Jesus, we don't know. Jesus said, well, you know what, fellas, since you don't know, I'm not going to tell you by what authority I do the things I do. But Jesus is cool. He's cool. Right after that, then he said, let me tell you fellas a story. He said, there was two sons. The older son was asked by his father, go into my vineyard and work today. So the older son says, no, daddy, I ain't doing I ain't going to no vineyard. I'm not working for you today. But he repented and went. Then Jesus said, now, then there was a younger son. And the younger son, he asked him the same thing. Go in my vineyard. And work for me today. youngest son, yes, sir, Daddy, I'm going. I take I got you. I'm gonna take care of this. No problem. But he didn't go. So Jesus said, Okay, now which one of them obeyed the will of their father? And it's all oh, man, that's easy. You think we're stupid or something? Woo! But they said, That's easy. The, the older one, of course. So Jesus said, Yeah, you're exactly right. He said, And you know what? There's gonna be sinners. There's going to be prostitutes. There's going to be evil people that's going to go in the kingdom before you. Then he said, oh, guess what? Hey, man, fellas, let me tell you another story. Y'all get the gist of how this is going? Let me tell y'all another story. Jesus is so cool. Let me tell you another story. He said there was a man that owned a vineyard, and he let his vineyard out to those to come and work it, and he went to another country. So afterwards, he knew it was time for the harvest to come, and he sent people to go collect his money. And those he sent, they beat them up. They killed them. He said, well, let me send another group. He sent a bigger and a larger group. And they went and they they beat those men up and killed them and stoned them. And the man that owned the property said, well, wait a minute. Surely they will respect my son. So I'm going to send my son and let him go collect what is mine. So when his son went, they killed him because they looked at him and said, that's the heir. He owns it. That's the heir. We kill him. We can have it all. So they killed his son. So Jesus said, what do you think should have been done to these men? And they said, oh, well, they should have been put to death, and then then the crop should have been turned over to somebody that would harvest fruit. And Jesus said, you know what? And that's just like I'm talking about with you. See, you don't understand. The kingdom is going to be taken away from you religious leaders, y'all religious folk. It's going to be taken away from you and given to those that will produce fruit. So after all of this, now I'm getting to the text now, finally at the text. Now we're here at chapter 22, verse 1. This is why Jesus said, and he told several other stories. I want that to sink in just for a moment. Several other stories. How many stories do you think he really told? We only have the few that I just told you about. But think how many stories he had to keep telling them, keep telling them, keep telling them, and they would not receive it. So here we are. He said, I'm telling you these stories to tell you what the kingdom of heaven is all about. Now, let's get the story. It says a certain king is planning a wedding dinner for his son. Everybody he has to come turns him down. So after wiping all these folks out, he tells his servant, go to the highways, the byways, get those, and bring them to the wedding." He said, good and bad, I really don't care. Just bring them. Now, I got to pause right here. See, that's where we get caught up. We get caught up in who's good, who's bad, who should come, who shouldn't come. We get tied up and caught up in that thing. See, I think about my personal life. I, I, was, I was real bad. I, it, it wasn't no, no if, ands, or buts about it. Y'all see the cleanup version. I was real bad. And so I came to Jesus just as I was. See, see, a lot of people miss that. It's that the king, the king didn't care. Now, the king is King Jesus Christ. The king don't care what condition you're in. The king just said, come, good and bad alike. The Bible say the wheat and the chaff shall grow up together. Come as you are. Let me get back to this now. So then the king king says, look, I want everybody here at the appropriate time wearing the appropriate attire. But when he comes in, to his dismay, he's looking out like I'm looking at y'all. He's looking out and he see one person. Why this man don't have a robe garment? He don't have the wedding robe. What's wrong with him? So he went over to him He said, Friend, I see you don't have on your garment. And the man had no reply. This is what blows my mind. He could have said they didn't have one that fit. I didn't like the color. Nobody told me where they were, which would have been a lie, but he could have said something. He had no reply. What is evident here is this is an entitlement mentality. This, this generation X today has an entitlement mentality. There's guys on my job, I've been doing air conditioning for 36 years I got a nice vehicle now, company provided, all those things. But you got a young guy that's 22 looking at me thinking he should have the truck I have. Entitlement. You haven't worked all them years in this field to get to where I'm at. You're not entitled. You're entitled to what you're driving right now. And your job you have, that's what you're entitled to. See, it's an entitlement mentality. He had a mentality. I can come. I don't have to do nothing. I could dress the way I want to dress up in here. I ain't putting that mess on. I'm going to wear this. That's what I want to wear. I'm going to sit here and do what I want to do. Act the way I want to act. It's an entitlement mentality. And because of his entitlement mentality, the king says, look, bind him hand and feet, throw him out in the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. He got upset with him. The Bible says there will be. Look at the name and say will be. Yeah, there will be weeping in national teeth. Y'all know what I'm talking about. In the final day, there will be. So it's time to get it right right now. Now let me give you the consequences. Let me slow down and do this. Let me give you the consequences of the entitlement mentality. First thing, you get thrown out. Second thing that happens, you miss your blessing. The third thing that happens, you miss the company of the king himself. Oh, that thing get me stirred up right there. When, see, when you get thrown out, though, when you get thrown out, there's no coming back. When you're thrown out, you you just out there. you outside. When he was thrown out, he could hear the music. Man, they having a good time up in there. He could, he could smell the barbecue, you know. He, he can hear everybody laughing and talking, but he's thrown out in the darkness. That's what happens when you get thrown out. I experienced that personally, trying to help a young man and helping him and helping him and helping him, and then he just wouldn't accept the blessings. What's wrong, God? What's really going on? What, what is taking place here? I'm, I'm, I'm taking them to job interviews, getting them clothes to wear, giving them encouraging words, helping them work on jobs I'm doing. And he won't respond. What's going on here? But it's entitlement mentality. I'm do whatever you do. I didn't earn it. I'm not even trying to earn it. But I'm do this. That's the entitlement mentality. Let me get back to this text. Lord have mercy. You you, you get thrown out. Next thing you miss your blessing. You miss your blessing. He was going to receive this nice, beautiful, awesome robe, attire from the king that he didn't pay for. Didn't go shopping for it. Dressed him up. What size do you wear, son? Um, Wear 32. Okay. How long is that? 30. Okay. We got you. They taking care of him. He missed out. Missed out on the blessing. He missed out on special treatment. Sitting there, eating dinner, the king's servants coming, giving him what you want? You want some more water, sweet tea? What you want? Ice cream, cake? What you want? Special treatment. He missed out on an awesome meal. Missed out on an awesome meal. He didn't buy a ticket to go there. He didn't have to pay to go to Papa Do's. He was just going to get a Papa Do's meal. He missed out on great fellowship. You know, uh, me and my wife went to a, a leadership conference a, a weekend ago, and it was also because we went to break and eat lunch, and while we were eating lunch, it was people there, other Christians, they were sitting at the table, and we just fellowship and went talking to them like we'd known them for years. That's the fellowship he missed. That's the fellowship of this church. When service is out next door, most of the time, uh, really every Sunday, people are hanging around in the sanctuary. They don't want to leave. They're with one another. They're praying over people, all those things going on. You leave out, you leave out the sanctuary and get into the interface place. People are out there, they still talk, still fellowship, and don't want to go home. Get out into the parking lot. People are still in the parking lot talking and conversing with one another. It's the fellowship. He missed out on the fellowship. Now this one gets me here. He missed the company. Of the king. Great God Almighty. Y'all get a hold of this. He missed the company of the king. See, in the king's company, there's protection, there's wisdom, and there's love. There's protection because what king is is on a throne and don't have an army? Do you know any? I don't know any. Any king, he's going to have an army. That's protection. Any king is wise. You say, well, back that up, preacher. I'm going to back it up. King Solomon, King Solomon, Queen of Sheba come to visit him. She said, great God Almighty, the half had not been told. Everything they said, I didn't believe what they told me. But when I got here, I still don't believe all that I'm seeing above what they said. Do you remember King David, oh, excuse me, King Solomon with the two women? There were two women that they were arguing over this baby. So Solomon, he says, bring the child here. Pulls out his sword. He says, okay, I'm going to cut this baby. I'm going to give you half, and I'm going to give you half. And when he goes to do it, one of the women cried, oh, no, 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 give her the baby, give her the baby. No, no, no. So Solomon said, wait a minute. Give the baby to her. That's the mother. That is the wisdom of the king. And then there's the love of the king. When you're in the company of the king, there's his love. Let me take you back to King David. King David says, who is it from the house of Saul that I can bless? Is there anyone left? I want to bless the house of Saul for Jonathan's sake. Is there anyone left? And they said, well, we found this man, Mephibosheth, crippled from birth. And so when they go to get Mephibosheth, he's scared to death. I know they're going to come. He's going to kill me. But that wasn't what happened. He took him. He took him in. He took him to the palace. He said, listen, Mephibosheth, all the days of your life you shall eat at the king's table. That's the love of a king. See, this short story is showing us all about Jesus Christ all over the place. Now, let me transition to meaning of this story. For for the vintage service, I'll say this parable. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? The real meaning of the parable is, it's not about the wedding of the king's son at all. It wasn't about the wedding garment at all. However, the wedding garment is symbolic of our preparation to meet the bridegroom who is Jesus Christ. That's what the kingdom of heaven is about. The parable is talking about being prepared when Jesus Christ returns for the church, the bride. We are not entitled to nothing. Just because you're in the kingdom, you've been saved 15, 20, whatever years, five years, one day, whatever it is, you're not entitled to anything. On the contrary, being a bride requires something of you. It requires your work. It requires your dedication. It requires your praise unto God. Let me tell you a personal story. This was years ago. I was a teenager. Had a pretty good little game, basketball. I could play pretty good. And uh, we always used to go to one gym. So they built a new school not far from the house, new high school. And they had a, they had a awesome gym facilities and everything there. So all the guys wanted to go there in the neighborhood. I didn't want to go. OK, so we go there. And while we're there, you know, you, you know how it is, y'all. Anybody, men that plays basketball, you know how the pickup games are. You standing there, I want him, and I want him, and I want that guy. And, oh, he tall, take him. Can't play no ball, you don't know that, but he tall, so take him. <laughs> and so, and so, that's what happens. So I'm standing there, and I'm like, by myself. What's up with this, right? So then they finally picked me. Oh, that, that little short guy, take him. <laughs> Okay, so so they take me. We playing in the game, and I'm popping open, man. And I'm, hey amen. And we run back down. The court. man. Do you see me open? Ain't nothing, you know. Okay, all right, all right. So I, at the time, I really didn't know the Lord, but I think the Holy Spirit still was dealing with me. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So so <laughs> I won't go into that part. But but what happened was something rose up in me. I said, you know what? They not passing me this ball. I'm gonna have to make a play and get this ball. Okay. So, so uh the guy was there. Stand up. Okay, that's all right. Let me get this brother. Stand up here. Okay, this is the this is the man I'm guarding right here. Okay, before I was all over him. He wasn't getting nothing. He wasn't getting no pass. But then I said, okay, I'm gonna lay back and let them think he's open. So when they try to pass it, I jumped in, I got the ball. Thank you, brother. I, I got the ball, I ran down court and scored a layup, easy, nothing to it. After that now, you, you know what I'm talking about again, after that now, here here you go. Oh, oh, hey, baby, oh, oh, man, they passed it to me. Hey, hey, I'm open. After that, I mean, everything, I'm just shooting. About 90% of what I shot was just going in. Had an awesome game. Now, after that, every time we go up there to Green Spring Gym, it was, man, get Walt. And you, and you, and you want a point, guard, you better get him, bro. And, and so so after that, they chose me. But I, the reason I told y'all that story is people don't understand the preparation. They don't know that when it was 9, 10 o'clock at night, I had an old little raggedy goal. We had put it up on the telephone post. And we made it regulation height, but we, we got ladders near, put it up there, nailed it up. And half the time, a week later, we nailed it back up because we halfway put it up there. But we had our goal up. And I would be out there, everybody else in the house, going to bed. I was out there shooting my jumpers, running, doing my layups, dribbling between my legs, both hands and all that stuff. I was practicing before I ever met an opponent. All right. All right. See, that's what it's all about when you're chosen. Look at your neighbor and ask them, are you chosen? Are you chosen? See, when, when you're chosen... Uh, if God asks you to intercede and pray for somebody, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and you obedient, you get up, then you're chosen. You're chosen. If if somebody asks you, hey, I need a ride to church or a ride to the doctor or a ride wherever, and you're obedient and you do that for them, then you're chosen. You're chosen. If, if, you, uh, if you have the money in your bank account and your brother, your sister are in need of some funds, And you supply it, now listen to this part, you supply it but you don't look for it back, then you're chosen. Then you're chosen. Then you're chosen. If you're a greeter, if you're an usher, if you're a singer, if you're a teacher, a preacher, whatever you're doing in this church, then you are chosen. Then you are chosen. If you're part of the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah has been telling us about this. The tribe of Judah, the worshipers that went before the battle, during the battle, and after the battle, they still praising God. They don't even know if the battle was won, the battle going on. They don't know. They just still praising God. See, if you're part of the tribe of Judah, then you are chosen. If you're part of the tribe of Issachar, Issachar was the ones that was, they called them the beast of burden. It was a beast of burden because they have went through such hard times. They have been slaves and all those things. See, see through the slavery, they became prayer warriors. They became seers. They started seeing what God wanted to do in the earth realm. And they started telling the priests all those things. If you are part of the tribe of Issachar, then you are chosen. If you're part of the tribe of Zebulon, Zebulon was the seafarers. They went out to the sea to find treasures, and they would come and dig in the sand and find treasures buried in the sand and bring that back to the kingdom of God. If you part of that tribe, if, if you have a giving heart and a giving spirit, then you are chosen. The tribe of Dan, the tribe of Dan was the hurting people, the people that had been harassed, the, the ones that nobody cared anything about. We got treasures of joy in this church. That kind of ministry, you are chosen. You're a caregiver, so you are chosen. But let me tell you about the one really chosen. That's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. The old-time preachers used to say that Jesus said, "Uh, make me a body and I'll go down. Now, I haven't found that in my Bible. I haven't found. I think they were using sublimity. I haven't found that. But one thing in my spiritual imagination, I thought about it. and I said, I think Jesus might have said something like that. I, I, I think he probably said, "Well, you know what, Daddy, you tried Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Daddy, you've tried King David and King Solomon. And, and 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 Daddy, you've tried the judges. And 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 Daddy, you've tried the prophets and prophetess. So." Let me go down. Choose me, Daddy. And I believe our Father in heaven said, yeah, I do choose you. I choose you. But one thing you've got to understand, son, is that you, you're going down to represent me. And, and when you go down, you're not going as a conquering king. No, you're not going to have it easy like that. You're going to come down, and you're going to be born like any other human being, and and you're going to be despised and talked about, and and you're going to be hated for my name's sake, and and, and, and the the love you show is going to be repaid by you being the slain lamb. That's what you have to understand, son. And Jesus still was like, I'll go. we got to put man back together with us. See, it was his love that did that. You can see in the text, though, these religious leaders, uh, all they were thinking about was they wanted to be served instead of serving. That's a problem. That's a problem. Wherever God takes you to is for you to serve him. These leaders, they were the main ones. Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. Whipped them with a cat of nine tails and put a, thorn, a crown of thorns on his head and blood was streaming down his face. They were, they were the ones that was gambling for his clothes and stripped his clothes off of him and beat him and marched him from hall to hall. They were the ones that nailed him to an old rugged cross. They were the ones that put him up on a cross to die between two thieves. And then it was Jesus who cried out. He said, Eli, Eli, lama What What is it to say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But that's not the end of that story. Glory to God. Because he was put in a bald tomb. It was Joseph Armathe. It was his tomb. He, he, and that's why it was borrowed. It belonged to another man. And he gave it to Jesus. And he says, he went to Pilate and said, listen, let me beg this body from you. Let me take his body. Let me prepare it properly. Let, let me have his body. Let me put it in a tomb. And so he says, okay. All right, you can have the body. Really, he was surprised. He's dead already? Yeah, he's dead. Okay. So he took him. He put him in the ball tomb. But it was only three days in that ball tomb. Because early that Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand Power over death. Power over sickness. Power over financial problems. Power over uh, family issues. Power over work problems. Power over no money. Power over some money. Power over illness. How over uh, 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 anything in your life, he died for that. Early, I asked you this question, if you're chosen. Stand with me, please. I asked you if you're chosen. Let me tell you something. You can be chosen right now. You don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Could y'all close your eyes, all eyes closed. You don't know If you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, I'm asking you now. This is your opportunity. You don't have to walk. You don't have to come anywhere. Raise your hand. We got men of God here to assist you, give you the plan of salvation for your life. This is so important to the next moment in your life. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can be chosen right now. And you'll be chosen on the right team. You'll be chosen on the right team, on the winning team, on the team of love, of joy, peace, long-suffering, humility, everything. You'll be chosen on the team of God's favor and his glory. God, I pray right now, God, that your word has been received. I pray, God, that we take it with joy and with boldness to know, Heavenly Father, we are chosen to be in your economy, in your kingdom, and in your way, God. We praise you and we honor and we glorify you. We thank you right now for everything you've done this morning, God. And we pray for the next service, God, that it be a powerful, powerful anointed service, oh, God, where you receive the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and give you honor. Somebody shout hallelujah. All right, you all.